I take you tonight to the Word of the Lord, and I want to describe to you a man who was possessed by the devil. We know him only as the spirits that possessed him. We don't even know the name of the man. Legion was the spirits that possessed a certain man, but we don't even really know the name of the man that they possessed. Now, isn't that remarkable? And there's something interesting about this particular man. It's said that he lived in the tombs and that he cut himself and at night he would scream out in torment. That is somebody who is unable to live with themselves. That is someone who is so deceived by the devil that they are unworthy, unloved, and unable that they stopped living with people who were breathing and started living with the dead. I'm talking to somebody tonight that you might find yourself in a position that you leave the company of the living. And start hanging out with the dead. And now we're going to define living and dead. Living is everyone who follows Christ. Dead is everyone who doesn't. Simple as that. Because Christ said that I am the truth, the way, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. And he revealed this to Peter whenever he said, "Men, and Peter, whom do men say that I am? And he said, Thou art the Christ, the anointed one, the Son of the living God, the Messiah sent down to redeem us and rescue us. I paraphrased a little bit. But this particular man was in another territory. I'm going to talk about territory. Somebody say territory. territory. I didn't hear you. Territory. Now you might occupy a particular place and not realize that it is your territory. Somebody say dominion. dominion. Did you know that man was given dominion over the earth and that Satan is the prince and power of the air? And any time that Satan is going to inhabit the earth, he has to possess a man, which is where we get legion. And the only way for those spirits to possess the territory was to possess a human. Because Satan is not allowed to have dominion on the earth. That was given to man. And the only time that man loses dominion on the earth is when they relinquish themselves to Satan. Learn something new every day. Found that out. Next, we have to understand that Jesus was not neighbors to this possessed person. He had to cross the Sea of Galilee in order to get to him. Yes. And he had just worked a miracle on the shore and was escaping down to the ship, got into the boat. And he was on spiritual assignment through unction of the Holy Ghost. Somebody say, I need an unction. Somebody ever come to your mind out of nowhere? That's an unction. You ever been told to pray for somebody that you hadn't thought about for months? That's an unction. You were on assignment at that particular moment to do a particular prayer that only you could do and understand because you were called and appointed and anointed to fulfill that purpose. So Jesus, being the anointed one, he gets unctions for everybody. He got an unction for the whole world. But this particular man, whose name we do not even know, caused Jesus to leave his territory. I want you to watch this. He gets on a boat and crosses, and whenever he meets the storm, 
his disciples begin to get worried because the ship is railing and rocking. Now, the wind and the rain is a natural element. But when it is inspired by demonic forces, it is due a just rebuking. And it was not the wind per se, nor the rain that the Lord spoke to. It was the spirit motivating that wind and that rain. It was the spirits causing the storm to prevent Jesus from getting to this unnamed man living inside of tombs with dead people, screaming out in the middle of the night, cutting himself, not able to live with himself. And there were so many spirits tormenting him that when they knew that Jesus was coming, they did not want to leave. So they had to throw a storm in front of Jesus to keep him from coming to set Legion free. So we're talking about dominion and territory. The first thing that the man did when Jesus stepped on the shore was he crawled down to his feet and began to worship him. Because the man knew that he was tormented. The man knew that he was defeated. The man was completely aware that he was cutting himself. And he absolutely knew that he was living with dead people. But whenever he saw a moment of life, he ran to the life and worshipped it. No devil could stop that man from worshiping God. Take that. Y'all didn't get it. Went right over your head. No devil. No legion. That's an organized army. People that march step by step in blocks and rows. Demons set aside by assignment organized, possessed this man, and no legion could stop that man from worshiping God. You missed it again. What stops you from worshiping God? Nothing. There is not one thing that stands in your way from falling to your knees, raising your hands, and saying, God, I love you, and I need you. There is not one legion, or legions, or demons, or devil, or principality, or spiritual wickedness in high places that can hold you back from worshiping your God. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So as defeated Hallelujah. as you as you may think that you are, there is nothing that can possess you to stop you from worship. Amen. Hallelujah. There's nothing that can stand in front of you that can prevent you from praise. There's nothing that can inhibit you. No lunatic mind. No amount of cutting, no amount of hanging out with the dead, no amount of ostracizing yourself, no amount of depression, no amount of anger, no amount of fear, no amount of insecurities that can prevent you 
from worshiping God. Because if an entire legion, there we go, somebody caught it. If an entire legion can possess one man and that man sees Jesus for 30 seconds as his feet hit the shoreline, I wish I had a church. <laughs> that he would run out of the tombs where the dead folks are to get down to his feet. Hallelujah. 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 Take it loose, church. I'm here to tell you to get out of the tombs and start running to the feet. Because there's no amount of deceit that can prevent you from worshiping your God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, what's the next step? The demon said, you can cast us out of the body, but let us have the territory. You can take us out of this man. He's just a pawn. But let us have the land. Because everybody in town is scared of us. Because we've been tormenting this guy so much that, that everybody wants to stay away from him, wouldn't even pray for him to help him. You wonder why grandpa was an alcoholic and then son was an alcoholic and then daughter was an alcoholic and grandson was an alcoholic and great-grandson was an alcoholic and great-great-grandson was an alcoholic because a spirit will possess a land. It's not about you. It's not about your family. It's not about where you come from. It's not about what you're doing. You wonder why your kids are doing drugs. Why your grandkids are doing drugs. Why your great-grandkids, you're afraid that they're going to do drugs. It's not about the people. It's about the territory. You wonder why daddy had a temper and liked to hit. You wonder why son had a temper and liked to hit. You wonder why the grandson had a temper and liked to hit. And maybe the great-grandson might get a temper and start hitting. It's not about the people. It's about the territory. Are you catching on to what I'm saying? It's not about who you are as a person. It's not about what you do as an individual. It's about the territory that the devil is trying to inhabit. It's about keeping those same spirits in the same land so that they can inhabit the same region so that they can take over. I wish somebody would talk about some territory up in this house tonight. If I'm stepping on your toes, pull them back. Hallelujah. Because it's not about what you fall claim to. It's about what is deceiving you. It's not about what you do that is a sin. It's about what you ignore in your own mind. It's not about what you fall short in. It's about what you choose not to acknowledge. It's not about what you said. It's about what you're not being accountable for. Hallelujah. So this, if you are feeling guilty and convicted, it ain't about you. It's about the territory. So get off of it. Hallelujah. If you feel like that you're getting stepped on, get off it. It ain't about you. It's about the territory. Hallelujah. Because I'm here to possess some territory. Because I've been given dominion. Because God gave me the dominion. And wherever I walk, the word of God says that the footsteps of a righteous man are foreordained of God. I'm nowhere near righteous, but I'm walking towards it. The Lord said, blessed are the feet of those that carry the gospel. I can do that. I may not be righteous, but I can pack some gospel around. And that means that wherever I go, the gospel also goes. That means I've got some territory to possess. 
So if you've been offended because I called out some of your spirits, pull your toes back. It ain't about you. It's about the territory. Somebody say it's about the territory. It's about the territory. Hallelujah. Sometimes you've got to shake up the stuff at the bottom of the well so you can get some clean water. Sometimes you've got to get down to the gritty and the ugly and the nasty so you can get some clean water. You ever seen a pond that ain't been stood up for a while? You get down in the bottom of it, it smells horrible. You gotta dredge out the bottom of the pond. You gotta dredge out the springs. You ever seen what a crawdad can do to a spring? They'll clog it up every time. You gotta get in there and you gotta get the roots and the ugly and the nasty out of your spring so you can get some fresh water. Because it ain't about you, it's about the territory. It's about where Jesus is going to be next. And you've got to ask yourself this question, how many storms does Jesus have to go through before he gets to you? How many winds, how many rains, how many devils does he have to rebuke before he gets to you? How many times does he have to hear the murmuring and the defeat, its noise of the disciples before he gets to you. How many times does he have to hear the worry. And the cries of, of fear. Out of the disciples voices. Before he crosses over and gets to you. I am a disciple of the living God. And I have to walk where my living God tells me to walk. I have to do what my living God tells me to do. I have to say what my living God tells me to say. I have to act upon what my living God tells me to act upon. And I have been guilty of getting afraid inside of the boat. Even though that the master was sleeping down in the bow. And I have seen the storm coming for a long time and I did not have the words to rebuke it because I was too afraid of what might be inside it. Hallelujah. So I had to go inside of my own boat and wake up my own Jesus and say, God, I need you to take care of this storm. God, I need you to rise up inside me and take care of the wind and the rain. Hallelujah. How many storms does Jesus have to cast out before he even gets to the shoreline where you're resting? Hallelujah. I ain't even got to reading yet. Glory. 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 How do you know that you're called of God? How do you know that what you're doing is led of God? There was a little boy that worked in the temple. He was about 12 years old. His name was Samuel. And in the middle of the night, he was woke up. Somebody was calling his name. So he walked in to those that were watching over him, Eli. He heard in the middle of the night, Samuel. And he come running. He said, here I am, Eli. Eli rolls over and says, go back to bed, fool. I did not call you. So he goes back into his bedroom and he lays down and he's there for a little bit. And right in that twilight zone of I'm almost to sleep, but I'm kind of awake as he's laying there with his head on his pillow. He hears Samuel. And so he gets up out of bed and he says, I'm here. And Eli looks at him and it says, what do you want? Go back to bed. I did not call you. 
And so a third time, he lays down and he hears a call. Samuel. Now, what that tells me about that call is, is that we all imagine that the voice of God is going to be Samuel. In our best Charlton Heston. But it must have been so familiar sounding. So common sounding. So plainly spoken that he thought that it was his closest friend and mentor, Eli. Amen. And then the next time that Samuel walks into where Eli is sleeping, mind you, the Ark of the Covenant is hanging out behind a curtain real close. He says, the next time that you hear that voice, you cry out and say, here I am, Lord. How many times does God have to call you before you recognize who's calling you? How many times do you have to hear the voice of God before you realize that it is in fact the voice of God? Has it become so common to you to hear the word of the Lord that you have forgotten where it's coming from? Has it become so commonplace to you, the voice of the anointing, that you have forgotten who was it was that was anointed that called out to you? Has the presence of God become something that you can sleep next to and not even realize that it is there? Ooh, hallelujah. The next step of the enemy is to rock you to sleep in your own comforts after he has told you every lie there is in the book. I'm talking to somebody tonight. You all mind if I preach a little bit? Because I'm... I'm a little convicted because I took a while off and chose not to preach because of my own problems. I'm a little bit bothered because I decided to shut up instead of speak out what God told me to say. I'm a little bit offended at myself that I chose to ignore my anointing instead of act on it because I allowed the fear of this world to put me in a place that I did not need to be and make me go places I did not need to go. I'm just as guilty as the rest of you. I'm just telling you how to get out of it. Because it's not about you. It's about the territory. Yes. Amen. Amen. Yes. Hallelujah. Amen. Boy, God just walked right in the room and touched me. I felt his whole hot hand just run right up and down my back. Glory. Hallelujah. Hey. Now, there was a certain man. Now, he really did die. His name was Lazarus. Amen. And there's some things that you need to realize about the dead. They don't have to stay that way. Because you were all dead in your sin. And some of you are trying to go back and die again because of your own deceit. That you would believe the enticing words of the enemy instead of pay attention to the promises of your Savior. That you would believe that you are the tail instead of the head. That you would believe that you are the last instead of the first. That you would believe that you are not allowed to inherit the blessings of God. That you are eternally damned with the curses of God. 
that you're not worthy of anything good because you have done nothing good with your life. How many of you have thought these things or heard these thoughts come passing through your mind? If you don't raise your hand, you're lying. Lions go to hell, so get them hands up. Whoo, hallelujah. I'm here to break your mind loose because the only bridge between your body and your spirit is your mind. I'm about to start tearing down chains inside your mind because the only bridge between your spirit and your body is your mind. And the free-for-all that the devil likes to have by whispering into your mind is about to shut up. Amen. Come on. Come on. The free-for-all that the enemy has had with this congregation is about to stop. Because every household has been attacked. Every leader of every family has been brought to their knees. Every person has been stricken with disease, with depression, with anger, with poor finances. Do I need to go down the list even more? Come on with, with crying out. Not able to make ends meet. Destitute in confusion. Doubting their faith. Unable to know if God's really even paying attention to anything that we're doing. And the anointing has become so commonplace that we're sleeping next to the Ark of the Covenant. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want to tell you about a vision. I ain't going to read, but the Lord just took me someplace totally different. I want to tell you about a vision that was given to me. And because it was given to me, I can give it to you. That's what gifts do. Once you've got a gift, you can pass a gift. That's why instead of focusing on your own pity, you need to say, I got the gift of discernment. I'm about to impart it on somebody else. I got the gift of healing. I'm about to impart it on somebody else. Oh, I got the gift of tongues. I'm about to impart it on somebody else. I got the gift of wisdom. I'm about to impart it on somebody else. I got the gift of knowledge. I'm about to impart it on somebody else. I got the gift of love. I'm about to impart it on somebody else. God. Glory. I need an impartation. Who needs an impartation? Who needs an impartation? You got that in the name of Jesus. Hey, loose in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Freedom in the name of Jesus. Freedom in the name of Jesus. Glory to God. Ooh, that man says blessing. I'm going to jump up and get mine. Peace. I'm going to jump up and get mine. Joy. I'm going to jump up and get mine. Salvation. I'm going to jump up and get mine. Hey. Hallelujah. 
God's about to start breaking chains. God's about to start making moves. Oh, everybody's like, I've seen him get blessed. I'm going to have to get my blessing now. I'm going to have to shout a little. He got touched. I'm about to get my touch. Hey. Hallelujah. God can. God will. God is able. He's an overcomer. He's a deliverer. He's a way maker. He's a Rosa Sharon, the lily of the valley, the good shepherd, the mighty God, the everlasting father, the prince of peace. You see how the room changes when somebody decides to praise God. Give him a shout for 10 seconds. Hallelujah. Look at your neighbor and say, it's not about you. It's about the territory. It's not about you. It's about the territory. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. There was some time ago... When we decided to make the move out of Steinsville. Amen. I'm going to get real with you. Hey, hey, hey. I'm going to get real with you. When we decided to make the move out of Steinsville. And go to wherever. And we went down and as we were packing up. The articles of the temple. The tools of worship. The belongings of the priesthood out of the house of God. It's been done like that before. It was very biblical, almost Old Testament what we did. Yeah. And we decided to pray before we left that house to go to wherever. Because we didn't have any clue as to where we were taking all this stuff. That the Lord gave me a vision of one of the seven candlesticks around his throne. This is impartation. Somebody say impartation. impartation. I'm about to give you a vision. Because most of you were not there for that particular prayer. And those of you that were, you remember it. Yes. One of the seven candlesticks lit up around the throne of God. And out of that fire came an anointed horseman. And the horse was white, and the man that sat on the horse was all a flame of fire. Hallelujah. From his beard to his heels to his eyes to his robes to his hands, it was all like fire. And he rode upon a white horse. This was the anointed horseman. The cherub, one of the seven spirits of God that decided to take itself from the throne room and come down to Steinsville, Indiana that particular night. Somebody say, it's not about you. It's about the territory. Hallelujah. Because when you decide to make a... When you decide to make a move to claim the territory, God will make his move. I said, when you decide to make a move 
to claim the territory, God will make his move. And an anointed horseman came and he stood on Steinsville Hill. I saw him with my own eyes. And anyone who hides underneath the bridle of that horse will be anointed and redeemed. And every enemy that comes at you from behind will run in terror. And every devil that opposes you from the front will have to fall before it ever reaches you. Somebody say, it's not about you, it's about the territory. Hallelujah. So that's the vision that you as a people... Not as a person, not as a place, not as a thing, but as a people were claimed as a territory by an anointed horseman who decided to step over the top of you and watch over you. And every enemy that is coming at you from behind is going to run. And every devil that comes at you from the front has to bow before it ever gets to you. Somebody shout! It's not about you. It's about the territory. Hallelujah. God is good. God is. So that means that if you are abiding. Now, here we go. I'm going to show you something. If you are abiding anywhere near anybody. That is anointed. If you so much as tie a man's shoe or give him a glass of water, <laughs> you're going to be blessed. If you so much as even attempt to do something nice for that person, you're going to be blessed. Because the anointing has no respect or person. The anointing falls on anybody who is willing. Amen. 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 The anointing falls on anyone who is willing. But you have to ask yourself how many storms does Jesus have to go through before he gets to you? Amen. And the moment that you decide to acknowledge his presence on the seashore, and worship him. There is no legion that can stop you from worshiping your God. There is no devil that can prevent you from calling the name of Jesus. There is no hell hot enough or strong enough to keep you from loving your God. There is no place deep enough or dark enough to hide you from the hand of God or from the shadow of his wing. Somebody say it's not about you. It's about the territory. Give him praise tonight. There might be a little bit of preaching going on here tonight. There might be a little bit of shouting going on here tonight. There might even be a little bit of dancing going on here tonight. There could be a little praise going on here tonight. There might be a little joy going on here tonight. Because my God is about to possess the territory. Woo! Hallelujah. 
when God decides to move in and possess your territory, there is going to be a storm. When God wants to get close to you to release you from your business, there's going to be a storm. When God wants to redeem you from living with the dead, there's going to be some wind. When God wants to pull you out and take you to a different place, there's going to be some rain. Somebody about to get hit. Whoa. Hallelujah. You wonder why you're waking up at 3 o'clock in the morning looking at the clock and you get up to make toast. What kind of ridiculous thing is that? Or you get up and turn on the TV and you just watch TV for six hours before you went to bed. You get up and make toast and you just had a big dinner before you went to sleep. You get up and you got to get a drink of water. You've been drinking coffee and water all day. You wonder why you're waking up in the middle of the night. because God is unsettling your spirit. God is purposely making you unhappy. God is rustling your feathers to make you uncomfortable. Somebody get a hold of this. God is purposely making you uncomfortable so that you can get to a place that you've never been. That's why you're waking up in the middle of the night going, what am I doing up? That's why you're staring off in the middle of the night without any direction. Or you're sitting there daydreaming about things that you don't think you can do when God might just be imparting a vision on you that you just don't have enough faith to receive. Somebody hit Somebody got You wonder why you feel like you don't know what your calling is? Maybe you are being called to do greater things than what you are doing. You wonder why you don't know what your purpose is. Maybe you're not fulfilling the purpose of worship before you can even ever know the voice, before you can even understand the call, before you even know what the anointing is. Pull your toes back. I'm going to step all up on them. Hallelujah. But it's not about you. It's about the territory. We can sing there's an army rising up. We can sing there's power in the name of Jesus. But if you don't act upon what you say, that makes you a liar. And the devil is a liar. Somebody say the devil is a liar. In your best black lady voice, I want to hear the devil is a liar. Hallelujah. God is able to restore. Looky there. I about had to pull your teeth to get you to smile earlier. Now you're all laughing. Hallelujah. <laughs> Doesn't it feel better? Doesn't it feel good? Isn't it great? Now I'm going to close this message with this. How are you going to keep this once you leave that door? How many of you have walked into a fiery hot sermon, had a great message, great night, been slayed in the spirit, had been all this joy put all up in you, you walk out the back door, you look at whoever you're riding in the car with and go, 
You get inside your house, you kick the cat, you turn on the 11 o'clock news, you flop down on the couch, you get your bowl of Cheerios, and you stuff your face, and you go, Wash them toes. I'm going to get every one of them. I'm going to hit every one of them. How are you going to keep this feeling that you feel once you leave the door? There's a reason why the church used to go to 11 o'clock at night. because nobody wanted to go home and go. <sighs> nobody wanted to let go of the anointing whenever they got out of the building. And they, as, soon as, as soon as the anointed departed, uh, the husband and wife that was arguing before church started the argument back up after church and continued right where they left off. Somebody go. <sighs> yeah. Come on. Come on. You know, you ever need extras for a movie, you need to hire church people. They're the worst. They're the best actors that ever lived. You could be sitting there arguing with your wife, getting ready to cut each other's throats. I walk in and say, I'm standing on Psalms 91. Glory to God. Huh? You can get ready to just throw your husband out the car and walk in and say, Hey, sister, glory to God, how you been? Me and my husband been praying and tearing for you all night long, and you ain't spoke to your husband for three days except to argue for any of them on the way to church. Come on, get them toes back. Husbands, holding in your emotions and pretending like you're oblivious does not count for supporting your wife. Pull them toes back. I'm going to nail them all. You want to you talk about some real things? The game of oblivious does not apply to a man of the house of God. It applies to a man who does not want to face his own fears. Watch it. I'm going to hit every one of you. But it's not about you. It's not about you. It's not about you. That makes it a little easier to swallow, don't it? Come on. God is wanting to change the territory, and the only way he can change the territory is to throw the devils out of your life that you have welcomed in. The only way to change the territory is to throw the devils out of your life that you have been entertaining. And the only way to face the devil is to call the devil out for what he is. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The only way to cast out a demon is to address it by its name. The only way to address it by its name is to call it for what it is. The only way to call it for what it is is to speak it out. And the moment that you speak it out, you have then imparted yourself with power. I said the moment that you speak it out, you have then imparted yourself with power because God said the power of life and death is in the tongue. So you're waiting for some big shiny shoot evangelist to come attack the devil out of your life when you can open your own mouth and do it. Woo! Pull them toes back. I'm going to knock you loose. Fill us up, Lord. You're waiting for some big prophet, some man walking around with a long white beard and a stick to knock Jesus into you whenever you the power of life and death is in your own tongue. Woo! 
So sometimes you're going to have to prophesy to the mirror. Sometimes you're going to have to prophesy to yourself. If you're driving in your car instead of doing your eyeliner before you get to church, you need to prophesy, Jesus, heal my mind. Instead of wondering if the five o'clock shadow looks good or if the full goatee or the full shave looks good, you need to be saying, Lord, heal this face because it needs to be blessed. Lord, heal this mind because it needs to be saved. Lord, heal this body because it needs to be redeemed. You're going to have to talk to your body because your body is separate from your spirit and the only bridge between your spirit and your body is your mind. And you're going to have to put out your own mind and put on the mind of Christ. Hallelujah. Are you getting fed tonight? So, uh, I, I don't want to. I don't want to keep shoveling it out if you ain't being fed. Now, if you're being fed, I can deal with it. But if I'm just beating you up, then y'all can just tell me to get down. But I think maybe I might have touched on a couple things y'all been wrestling with. I don't know. Come on. Now, when you're called to say all this stuff, don't you know that it takes a whole lot to get to this point? You have four pastors. In front of you right now, praying for you, working for you, tearing for you. If you would get all of us a bottle of water. Yes. Come on. Oh, yeah. Come on. If you would give all of us a peppermint candy. If you would ask us if we were hungry, I'm going to get on you. If you would see if we have enough money to pay our own bills. If you would inquire if we're crying in the middle of the night and worried. If you would pray for one moment to see if we got enough gas in our tanks to get back to the house we came from. You might, maybe, just a little bit. Get an increase like you've never seen in your life. I'm here to challenge you in every area because I've been called to challenge you. I'm here to test you in every area because I've been called to test you. Do you think I like it? No. But I'm called to do it. You think I don't fight with my own anointing? Try having this preacher inside your head and then messing up. Because the devil will condemn you with the word. The devil will put you down with the word. The devil will destroy your mind with the very Bible that you are reading to receive healing. And that is why the word of the Lord says that the spirit, the letter killeth, but the spirit giveth life. And that is how you are going to keep your anointing when you walk out this door. As it is no longer... About me, myself, and I. It is about the territory. It is no longer about the problems in my life, in my finances, in my marriage, in my children, in my grandchildren. It is about the territory. You want to know how many things I physically possess? Two. Everything else can be burnt down and taken away from me. I don't even own my own children. I gave them back to God. I own two things in this world. One of them are borrowed. 
When you get to the point where you know what you are, what you own, what you possess, and what is actually yours, then you can begin to possess the land. Give your children up. They don't belong to you. They belong to God. Give your land up. Render unto Caesar what is Caesar's, but render unto God what is God. You have dominion where you stand, not where you pay taxes on. Come on. Amen. Woo! I said you have dominion where you stand, not where you pay taxes on. Give up the idea of being in one place for a long period of time because God may call you to a greater place at any given time. Give up the idea that you own your own spirit because you gave that back to the Lord when you were baptized. Give up the idea that you even own your body because this body is to be crucified daily so that the spirit can exist. So don't even get into that. The only thing that you own is your own mind. That is the only thing that you possessed and it is borrowed because it will die. So it is time to possess the territory of your mind. Because it's not about you. It's about the territory. Be blessed tonight in Jesus' name. I impart a spirit of peace upon every household. And I claim in the name of Jesus that from every person that leaves this house that an angel would walk with them and guide them in every footstep that they make. I proclaim in the name of Jesus that healing comes to every household. I prophesy increase over every person that within the sound of my voice, even those that hear it after it has been done, I prophesy increase over every person haha, within the sound of my voice. Increase in your finances, increase in your spiritual growth, increase in your mental growth, increase in your territory, because God is able to do exceedingly, abundantly more than I can ever think or imagine. Be blessed tonight in Jesus' name and take back the territory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.